chapter 10, just uh, two verses this morning. Obviously, we're going to get into a number of other verses, so hopefully you have your Bibles if you are here with us. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, if for some reason you don't have a Bible, it's not something you're able to get, uh, let us know and we'll make sure that we can... Uh, See that you do have a Bible, but I want you to open those up to Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. We're going to start out this morning with, and here we go. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for our time this morning. Just ask that you would lead and guide us who are staying just as much as you would lead and guide those who are going. Speak to us this morning, not only on how we are a part of this mission's endeavor, but Lord, how you want us to be a part of your mission to the world. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be open this morning to hear your voice calling us. That we would not run from, but rather run to your call upon our lives. And for some, even this morning, you desire to put a call, uh, not just to go on a short-term mission trip, but to go long-term. So, Lord, speak and move as only you can. Help me to speak your words, but, Lord, I thank you again and again that you can go beyond anything I say. By your Holy Spirit, move and work. We thank you for this. In your name we pray. Amen. So we have people here going on a mission trip. What is that all about? Why do you do this? Well, first of all, we are the Christian and missionary alliance that's part you know why do we do this because we are a christian and missionary alliance now if you're new here this morning don't fear like somehow everybody that comes to church has to go on a mission trip that's not what it's about but it is who we are about is missionary why because of the great commission in matthew chapter 28 uh, verses 19 and 20 All authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus says, has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, we say we got that, that that we're to be about missions, We're, we're... that, that, that Jesus' last words he left us was this great commission. Someone may ask, what does that have to do with me? Why do we have to deal with that in a morning service when I could be getting a message that deals with my life instead of dealing with this? And if that's your thinking today, then we're completely missing what God's will is for your life if you are a Christian here. If we think somehow that the Great Commission does not apply to all of us, but just to certain people who are the ones who go, then we've missed it. We have uh, changed what that is saying. We have put our own interpretation into it. Just take it. What does he say? Plain and simple. 
There's no conditions, no certain persons that are listed, but all of us. This is where we have been reading this phrase wrong all along. You see, it's not just the Great Commission. It is the Great Co-Mission. That's what this is about. It is not just the Great Commission, a charge to do, but it is a great co-mission, something we do together. A co-mission with God and with one another. In God's plan to save the world was not just about going. It is about sending. Not just about going. It's about sending, being partners in the mission. For no one can go unless they are sent. How do I know that? How do I say that? We just read it. The very first one read out of Romans chapter 10. Remember that? I, I know we went through it, but how can they call how, and on the one they've not believed in? How can people call on Jesus if they haven't believed him? But how can they believe in him if they haven't heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them? In verse 15, how can they preach? How can they tell about Jesus unless they are sent? Unless they are sent. We have rightly emphasized the need for going. But in this process of emphasizing the need for going, somehow we have missed the importance of sending that God has throughout his word. We've missed the importance that God has throughout his word about sending in and for his kingdom. For example, the Bible talks many times over about how God, the Father, sent Jesus, his son. Many of us are familiar with, maybe most of us are familiar with John 3.16, for God so loved the world. But we do we know John 3.17, verse 17 right after that, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God likes to send. And do you realize that we are being sent we are being sent by Christ into the world. Jesus says it in a number of places, including John chapter 20. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. He says that numerous times. Sending you. The sent one sends us. We are not alone in this as we go. The Holy Spirit goes with us as John 14, 26, verse 26 tells us, even the Holy Spirit himself was sent. It says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send in my name. Throughout the ages, God has sent his people as special messengers. And he still does that today. While there are all kinds of special programs, all kinds of special printed materials that can go out, all kinds of high-tech ways to get the good news out, nonetheless, men and women are still God's preferred method. He is a sending God. And He is sending us to a world in need. You and me, together, the church, are sent ones. That's who we are. That's who we're called. We are always to be all in on mission with God. Not satisfied sitting on the sidelines watching other people get in the game. I mean, to some degree, 
we're kind of watching that this morning, but we should not be satisfied sitting on the sidelines watching them get in the game. It's like I said a number of weeks ago about this church, that this church is not going to be a Christian tour bus. We are a work bus. A work for the night is coming. A work for millions are perishing every hour. We need to live out the burden, a burden that should be in our heart and our very being that is our number one core value here at this church and within the Alliance. And that is that lost people matter to God. He wants them found. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's why He was sent here. That's why He came. This is what's important to Him, to seek and to save the lost. And we are to join Him in this co-mission with Him. To be sent ones, no longer consumers, but co-laborers with Christ, transforming the world all around us. To send is both a privilege and a responsibility as we partner together to fulfill the great commission and bring back the king. Someone has said uh, long ago that the mark of a great church is not its seating capacity, but its sending capacity. The mark of a great church is not its, its seating capacity, but its sending capacity capacity we are sent from god to others we are to be bridge builders if you will between the two worlds of heaven and earth he had sent his son to do that but jesus has left this earth and left us to carry on the work to build the bridge between god and others it's what is talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18, we read this. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You recognize what reconciliation is. It's getting two parts together, right? Two people together, reconciling them. You see how the sense that there's that bridge that we're reuniting, we're getting the people and God together. That's what He's called us to do. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are sent to build a bridge across the street and across the sea. A bridge built with the love of God that is strong enough to be able to handle and hold the truth of God as we share it with them and help to bring them across that bridge to Jesus. Okay. Okay, it is, it we're sent. Uh, okay, we, we get this. And some uh, that are called to go and, and we are to send, and that's part of what we're doing this morning, and we are sent ones. But usually when we think about this, it, it's, it's somebody that's going uh, full-time. We're, ta- we're talking about a full-time missionary. Somebody's going to go and just live over there and stay. And I don't know. I mean, they may really like it, but... I'm, 
imagine they're still coming back. Uh, you know, so, so what is it about these guys? So why are we sending these, if you will, short-term missionaries? How do they fit into the plan of God? We, we think about sending, we think about those who are full-time missionaries, but how do these four fit into that plan? And not just these four, but others in the future as we plan future trips. Oftentimes when we send, they're called, it's called a short-term missions trip. But perhaps there are better terms that could be used for that. Perhaps it's a short-term ministry uh, trip. Perhaps it's a, a cross-cultural ministry trip or a missions partnership trip. There can be all kinds of different words. It's not about the words. It's understanding what it is. They may not be full-time missionaries, but they are lifetime partners, just like all of us are to be, with God in reaching the lost. This can work itself out in so many different ways, even as it deals with our short-term teams. There are, there are specific and unique ways that we can fit in with the country because each country is unique and different. And the international workers that are there are different and unique. And so it's not just a cookie cutter and just a certain way. That's why they're going over there to figure out what exactly it is. What are those uniqueness about the country? What's the uniqueness about them? And then taking then our own unique talents and gifts, our, our, our resources, our, our vision here and what we have and partnering with them. One of the ways that our team will be used and one of the ways that I hope that every Christian here can be a part, not only there, but here, is in prayer. You know, one of the things is that often we feel like, well, if I go over there, I can't, at least most of us, can't speak directly to the people over there about God because we don't know the language. But what we can do is speak directly to God about the people because we know the language of prayer. And if you've never experienced it before, it is amazingly how prayer can be even more effective and more powerful when you are praying there on sight with insight. Right where the action is happening. Praying to break down the walls and to soften the ground that the enemy would be bound and that the captives would be set free. Being that bridge right there in a sense between those two worlds as they walk and pray is part of what they're going to be doing. But our mission team has another role. Uh, another role just as many missions teams do. And we see that role in Philippians chapter 2. Turn to Philippians chapter 2. I know sometimes we don't feel like turning things, but my guess is we've read this and not really paid attention to it. So I hope you will turn to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 25. Let me just read through verses 25 through 30, and then we're going to walk through this. But I think it is necessary, this is verse 25 of Philippians 2, I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, not on him only, but also on me to spare me the sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. 
welcome him in the Lord with great joy. Honor men like him because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. In many ways, what we have here is a picture of a short-term missionary called Epaphroditus. In verse 25, it says, He is your messenger. The one with the message, the one that it was sent. He is the one that was commissioned and sent. And when they sent him, they weren't sending him permanently in some full-time role. They were sending him in a short-term goal. Epaphroditus did the going, but the church at Philippi did the sending. And he was sent to the full-time missionary, Paul, with whom the church at Philippi had a partnership. As you read about them, they had a partnership with them. In fact, Paul says that in the very first, he said a number of times, but in Philippians chapter 1, in verse 5, we read, as Paul talks about, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. The church of Philippi was partnered with Paul in all his mission trips. And as he was going out from the very beginning, he was a part, they were a part of this partnering. And in that partnership, they sent this short-term missionary, so to speak, Epaphroditus. They sent him to do what they could not personally do because they were not there. They were in another place far away, but they sent someone to go to help Paul and the ministry for Christ there. It's that partnership. That's what we see in verse 30. As he says, uh, because he was risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. You, they wanted to give help, but there are certain things they just couldn't do from far away. There's things they could only do if someone went. And that's why Epaphroditus went. In fact, Paul calls Epaphroditus, we see here, his fellow worker, as you see that in verse 25. His fellow worker, his fellow soldier, his co-laborer in the great co-mission with Paul. And yet as we read what Epaphroditus' labor was, it was really mostly for Paul to meet his needs, to come alongside and help him. In many ways, it was a short-term role that helped in the long-term goals of this full-time missionary Paul. Epaphroditus was going over there to encourage, to equip, to support, to help in whatever way he can, the full-time missionary, the international worker, Paul. Epaphroditus was sent to support him from the church in Philippi, to partner with him in a support role. Epaphroditus is the right person, the right time, at the right gifts and the right abilities to come alongside Paul at that time. And even yet today, then the same thing happens. As we send. Recognizing that in that, out, in that country, in the country where we are sending, in the country where often people are, are sent in a short-term kind of way, for so long, the missionaries who are there just have people around them all the time that are taking. And that's what they're there for. But they're they're, they're having people that uh, are are there just to take, that just want the missionary to help them. But who is going to help the missionary? 
Who is there to give to the missionary? Who is there to be a blessing and not a burden? That's one of the purposes of our team going on this mission trip. Uh, We don't always recognize this as a need. We don't always recognize this as something that really should happen because for us, personal contact with other believers can happen almost at any time. And we think, you know, in fact, we take it for granted. We don't even think about uh, getting together with other believers at times. It's not something that seems that important. But if you're somebody that's over there recognizing that that international worker uh, may not have anybody around them, uh, you know, we say it, it, it's, it's close, but they live in an environment where to speak the name of Jesus is not necessarily always safe. Where others who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus are few and many not mature believers that you can just connect with and feel like you can uh, be encouraged from. Now, some people might say, well, but there are other missionaries on the field there. In some places, that has a few right there. But in a lot of places where we have our missionaries, to say there are other missionaries on the field that they could connect with, we don't need to go over there, is like saying, you know what? There are no Christians here in the oil city for you to connect with. There's just there's no other Christians. You're the only one. But... Praise the Lord. The good news is there are some Christians you can go get together with in Orlando, Florida. Because that's how long it will take some of these missionaries to travel to another missionary to be able to see and to connect with them in a personal way. They don't realize how far the distance is between them and how hard it is to travel between those places. It's important. Not only that, but as we think about this, has a special meaning for someone who says that they are your partner in ministry and then actually show up at your door. You know? Every time somebody, I'm, I'm with you, I'm praying for you, I'm, I'm thinking about you. It puts a whole different meaning when they show up at your door to that care. And what's going on? I remember when I went to Mali and we went to visit a missionary who was not in the city, more kind of out there and did ministry out farther out. And as we went to them, one of the amazing things was just how different getting to know and being with them was than being in missions conference. It's just it's not the same in their home and their turf. As they shared their burden, it is different. But that in itself is not necessarily the reason. See, what what took place as we were there in Mali was then he took us into the bush, literally into the bush, out in the middle of nowhere, and to meet uh, a Malian evangelist. His home, it was like the only house anywhere. So here was his house out in the middle of nowhere, uh, this Malian evangelist. And as we get there, this Malian evangelist was just thrilled that we would come, that we would be there to visit. I mean, it was a, like, you know, amazing to him just to have somebody come and to, to be able to, to pray with him, to be able to, for him to share testimony with and what God is doing because there are no other believers. He's out there on his own. And, uh, and for us to, to visit with him, he's so excited about that. He got to, they, don't, they had next to nothing, and yet they got together this meal. Uh, they even put meat in the rice. 
you know, that's when you know it's really special that somebody would actually go to the point where they meet, you know. But it wasn't just that, that it was encouraging to him. What took place next was then he took us back farther into the bush. And as you're going and there's nothing, there's a few trees, it's all dirt, right, and sun and, and all that. All of a sudden there was this building out in the middle of nowhere, no roads, no path, no nothing, just a building there, and it was a school. Hundreds of kids. And so we walk in there, and there's hundreds of kids all around, just like a scene you think of everybody. So coming all over, you know, because here are all these, probably for many of them, never seen a white American before, and here we are. And, and so this was like a big deal, and they had us sit in a, a special place all, and they kind of asked us questions and and. uh as they found out where we came from and they kind of knew and they knew that they're far out there they're like why did you come here why 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 are you here at this place why here out in the middle of the bush and while there are many reasons that we came over the reason we were there was planned way ahead to see this Malian evangelist and so we said we came here to see this Malian evangelist was like what i mean they didn't say that because they spoke french but uh key you know is that who okay uh what wow wow you, you it's not just if one person comes from far away if for in their culture this is huge one person comes from far away to visit somebody else come to their house that is something special that the person is really important but we had numerous people that were on our team that showed up at his house that were there for him and so in that moment this molly and evangelist and i didn't even think that that would be a thing that that would be somehow that we were impacting the ministry but in that moment the molly and evangelist just uh, gained favor uh, his his stock went way up in that whole community because he must be so important and maybe we need to maybe uh, find out a little bit more about what's going on with him because he's obviously so important that this many people would come from so far away and come to see him. And so it opened doors for him. Just us being, just our presence. Didn't do anything. Didn't really say anything significant. But just by our very presence makes a difference. You know, sometimes we can think of this role of short-term missions and, and going to support the missionaries as not being a real missions trip. Because a real missions trip is when we are the ones doing direct missionary work with the people. A real mission trip is when we are sharing the gospel with them. Even though we don't know the language and we don't know the culture or have any training, a real mission trip is... And I know in some places and times that, that can happen. There can be a more direct role. Roberta and Josiah uh, earlier, uh, my wife Roberta and son Josiah in the spring went to Guinea. In West Africa, uh, but where they went was a, a, a youth center that had uh, was a, a, a full on training English center. I mean, it was all levels and it was also a job training kind of place. And 
so many people came there and and they were able to go and and teach a class kind of a one day kind of class one time class as well as just sit and speak because they needed somebody to speak english uh, that, that helped that's what they were looking forward to talk to somebody who really knows it not just one of the other students who's been learning it but that doesn't always happen that's not always what's going on and where uh, we are going to be able to have that and oftentimes what we say and do can become more of a hindrance than a help to the cause of christ in some of these places except when we take the role of partnering with the international workers and what will help them fulfill the great co-mission. I mean, as we think of it, do we think it's not real ministry and service to the Lord if we have a support role? Let's say it even for here this morning. How about those in the sound booth? They're like, what, 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 how about those in the sound booth? They're not down here playing music. They're not preaching. You know what? They're unseen, behind the scenes. Do they have, their service doesn't count? It's not real service? How about the nursery? Is that not a real ministry? Or are they a part of the bigger picture of what God wants to do? Are they partners that are important, that are needed in the work of the kingdom? Even as we think about the military, and we think about the operation of God in a sense as a, a military thing, you think about this, think about the military, are the only people that count, only people that are needed, are those on the front line fighting. Now, they're important and essential, and that's big, but you know what? What would happen if there was none in a support role in the military? If there is none to fix the things that they're using out there, if there's none to feed them, if there is none, I mean, you just go on and on. Those of you men who have been in the military know. You can't just have those on the front lines. You've got to have those in support roles to win the war. And so part of what's happening as we send off this team is to find out what is our support role? What is the way that we can come alongside and help? Maybe directly. In ministry, maybe indirectly, we don't know that yet. But for us to realize that the role of short-term missions has changed the last 20 or 30 years. The goals of missions hasn't changed. The goals of, of missions trips, uh, you know, the ultimate goal. But mission trips in general have changed in part because some things that happened in the past were unhealthy, even harmful. It's also changed because missions have changed. The world has changed, especially as we go into creative access countries where majority religion is not friendly to Christians. Where ministry does not just take place openly and blatantly out on the street corner. There are places like that. There are places like that all over the world. And, and, and to some degree, and most of those places that are like that are places that are already saturated with the gospel. There are already lots of workers there and lots of resources. And more than that, there are indigenous, there are national Christians who are able to carry on the work without us. Whereas for us in the Christian Missionary Alliance, much of what we do is going where others have not been. And 
raising up a church, believers. We're not going to the places that are all lit up with the gospel. We're going to places that are dark, where few, if any, have access to the name of Jesus, even one candlelight of Christ. It should only make sense then that short-term missions, missions, partnership, and all of that will look different than it did years ago because we're going different places that are completely different. It doesn't make sense to say that our role is any less important, though. We're sending people to our partners in ministry to be partners to help in the great co-mission. We're sending them to those who we have a formal partnership within the Christian Missionary Alliance. In fact, more than that, we're sending them to one, Vicki, who used to be here in our church and was sent out. And now we're ascending church on a vision trip. find out how else we can be partners in the co-mission that God has called us to. One of the team's goals is to explore how we can do that, as we said, and there's other things they're going to do. In fact, let's watch a video. Eric uh, has just shared with us a little bit about what's going to happen as they get ready to go on this next week. So uh, let's find out a little bit more of what awaits them and ways that we can pray for them. So you might want to note some of these down as well. Oil City Alliance. Uh, we are Eric, Kila, and Vicky Bill, and we're excited to uh, share this one last video before uh, we receive one of your teams. And uh, so, yeah. We're really excited for your delegation to come here to our side of the ocean this week. Um, we're really looking forward to just um, showing everyone around, showing them just a little glimpse into our lives and ministries and um, hoping that they get to meet with believers in our church to hear their testimony and that um, they would just get a better idea of how to pray for what's going on here in Senegal. Yeah, so they're going to be visiting people, visiting our ministry sites, um, getting to do some prayer walks in our neighborhoods and the neighborhoods where we're doing some uh, ministries. We're going to do a quick tour of the city, do some fun cultural and artisanal type things. And yeah, it'll just be a really good experience. Hopefully they'll get a chance to jump in into our uh, ministry to the street kids as well as maybe teaching English at the girls' school as well. Yeah. So uh, one way you could be praying for uh, your team that you're sending and us is uh, just for all the traveling um, and traveling here within country. Um, it can be dangerous. It can be tiring. And so we're going to be doing a lot of traveling. So just be praying for God to um, protect us, uh, keep uh, all our vehicles uh, in good condition, and that we wouldn't get any hassle from the authorities here in country. And, uh, yeah, just pray for, pray for God's protection and for spiritual protection as well because um, Satan's going to try to do whatever he can to prevent uh, you guys from getting here and for doing the work that he's calling you to do uh, with us here in Senegal. Um, pray for everyone's health. Um, it's about 100 million degrees here right now. <laughs> We're <laughs> sweating bullets. So just pray for your team that they would be able to adjust to the change in climate and that there would be no issues with food or water or anything, that they would be able to be healthy while they're here. Mm -hmm. um, pray also just that this time is um, super meaningful and encouraging to 
our church here on the grounds to your team and um, to your church as well when they return and report what you've seen. Yeah. All right. We love you guys. Can't wait to see you. Bye. All right. That gives you a little bit of an idea. And now we come to the point of our commissioning, uh, a time of commissioning of our mission team to send them out. And somebody but like, well, what exactly we're we doing? That sounds kind of formal. And are we really that formal of a church? And uh, you know what? Maybe sometimes we are, sometimes we aren't. But I do believe we should be biblical. And that we should ask ourselves not just what does the church do, but what does the Bible talk about? And so Acts chapter 13. I mean, ask about what are we doing here, and I don't know that we've really done this here, so I'm sharing this with you for some of maybe the first time hearing something like this. In Acts chapter 13, in verse 1, in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manium, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. So this morning, like they did right here, they set apart the missions team of Saul and Barnabas. In response to the Holy Spirit. They laid hands on them. And that's what we will do this morning as well. Lay hands on them as we do this. We, we do it symbolically. Symbolically not only in the sense of saying. You know God's hand would be upon them. And anoint, his anointing would be poured out upon them. But we do it symbolically with our hand on them. Recognizing that we are with them. We are united with you. Together. This is not just something that these four are going to do. This is what we are doing. But they are going ahead. It may be hard for some to let that go. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But they belong to God. And it's up to release for us to release them to the freedom to fulfill God's plan. Not just for their life, but to fulfill God's plan for the world. As they do this. You note in verse 3 that the church sent them off. But it wasn't just the church that sent them. They didn't just go alone. Because while it says in verse 3 here in Acts 13 that the church sent them off, in verse 4 it says they were sent by the Holy Spirit. Not only the Holy Spirit that is at work in Paul and Barnabas, but the Holy Spirit that was at work in that congregation. This is something God does in and through us together. As Steve and Rachel, Ron and Missy come forward along with the elders, may they not just be sent today by us, but may they be sent their way by the Holy Spirit of God. May we, the sending church, may we, the the partners in prayer and in so many other ways with them, but with the Holy Spirit, pray that for the success of this trip, Because the success of their trip does not lie in just getting their feet on the ground over there. The success of their trip lies on whether we get our knees on the ground here and pray for them. And so we're going to do that uh, in this moment as we uh, pray uh, for them in this commissioning part. And this commissioning part. um, 
in just a moment, uh, we ask that uh, those who are family members to come forward. But first, if you all would stand, they have the pledge before you. We come to a very, uh, just the missions team, the rest of you don't have to stand, not yet. Just the missions, I did say all, but I should say yins. We come to a very special and important moment in the service. You stand before God. You stand uh, at this place to pledge yourselves to the work of the ministry to God, which God has called you. This is not always an easy choice, but for those who follow close after Jesus, it's a clear choice. In fact, those who are truly sold out in love, there is no other choice but to go. So we recognize that Jesus in Luke chapter 18 says these words, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom will fail to receive many times as much in this age and the age to come. This is a time when we as a church, as the leaders, uh, lay hands upon and commission and send you forth to the work that God has for you. And we will pray for God's powerful blessing to be upon you. But I want to ask you a series of questions. And at the end of these questions, if this is a pledge before God, that you would say, I will. Recognizing that God has appointed you to this place of service, will you commit yourself to obeying his voice, being faithful in all your responsibilities, whether privately or publicly, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you have received? Will you... Love and serve those whom God loves here, there, and everywhere, even as Christ has loved us. Will you work in unity, keeping the bond of peace with all those with whom you are serving and serving with? Will you press forward in a complete reliance upon the Holy Spirit of God rather than your own flesh or skill or any other person, making every effort to carry out your partnership under the control of of the Holy Spirit. Finally, will you pledge to continue to seek first the Lord of the work, even above the work of the Lord, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and to take up your cross daily and follow Him? If so, say, I will. He who has called you is faithful, and He will not fail in any of these promises. Let's ask the elders to come. If you would step forward just a little bit so they can uh, before behind you. First of elders, if you would come and stand uh, beside them, behind them, wherever it might be, stand uh, behind them there. And then if your family member's here today and you want to be up here praying with them, I encourage you to come on and you can come on the side, in the front, wherever you want to be as you uh, lay hands upon them. There you go. And there's more room. You can come all around the front as well. With, uh, just uh, be with your family members. Lay hands on them along with us as officially on behalf of the church as elders. Let's pray together. Lord God, we come before you this morning and uh, we set apart this team for the missions work that you have called them in West Africa. We pray that you'd help them, first and foremost of all things, to love. To love as you do. To love you above all else. 
and that to have that love that you pour into their hearts poured out from them to others. Lord, I pray that that love would deepen as they are there and it would not uh, become shallower, but rather deepen in, as the, from the wellspring of this love would be their motivation for serving. Give to them a love for the people that they will be that they never imagined could come upon them. Give them your heart. We pray that you would help their hearts as they leave, friends and family. They head to a new new country, a new culture with everything here. That they would not be anxious about the separation. That you would strengthen their relationship to one another as they're there together as these couples go. Lord, we pray that you would protect and provide for their family here that you have a hold of them. Just as you have a hold of them over there in West Africa, you will have a hold of their family right here in this area. We pray, Emmanuel, you would make your presence real like never before. That you would protect them. That you would provide for them. Or that you would... Give them favor with customs and the nationals that are there. That you would set up now divine appointments, even though Eric has got different things that have been set up. We pray for divine appointments uh, that uh, it would be that perfect moving of you and making people ready for the amazing venture that lies ahead. Lord, we pray that you'd open their mind's eye to see the vision that you have for this partnership. We pray that you would help them to live under the control of the Holy Spirit's power and grace. That you fill them afresh and anew, even now. Lord, I pray that you would protect them from the evil one and his schemes. I pray that the shield of faith would surround them. In fact, that they would take on the full armor. And in that shield, you would protect them not only physically, but you would protect them in every way, in every realm. As they dwell in the secret place of the shadow of the almighty God, may you be their refuge and their fortress, enabling them to be strong in the Lord and the power of your might. Provide. And all these things, especially their health. And Lord, that you would help us to remember each of these here. Throughout these coming weeks, that you would bless them abundantly to be a blessing. Lord, we thank you for their lives and we dedicate them And to your service, we do now commission them from us, sent to go forth with the good news in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, before you sit down, if... uh, Uh, Those who have gathered to pray could just kind of scatter off and these four could stand here for a moment. All right.
as you're, yes, you can do that. All right, as you're standing here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn around. All right. So here's your mission team. They have, they have made a pledge before God, and we are sending them. And I believe, and you will find as we move forward in our relationship, that I believe if we ask somebody to make a pledge to us, we should be making a pledge to them.